TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, the snare drum means that it's it's time yet again for another uh, another edition in the Score North Gophers show. I'm here in studio. I'm James Murphy at Murph underscore MN on Twitter. With me via phone is is going to be Daniel House. Daniel, how you doing today? We've seen it all, haven't we, with this Gophers non-conference slate? I mean, block field goals, strip back TVs, <laughs> late comebacks, double overtime games, third and twenty nine, fourth and thirteen. We've seen it all, man. You know, it, it's been a it's been a uh, wild and wacky non-conference slate for the Gophers, and I can't say going back to. When we were doing our season preview, we didn't we didn't expect this would be the case with with uh, struggles, especially the first two games. We we did we 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 maybe pointed to at Fresno State as being a, a contentious game for the Gophers for the non conference season, but I don't think I don't think any of us would have saw yesterday coming with with a, with a struggle to beat Georgia Southern at home. What 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 did you take away from from uh from yesterday's contest, Danielle? Just the weird plays of the game. You look at how it started. The Gophers were running the ball really well. I'm like, hey, they're getting the best push they've gotten in a while, averaging like five yards per carry on those two TD drives. And then when Rodney got hurt, the total complexion of the running game shifted. They couldn't get any push the second half. They struggled to do anything on the ground. They seriously averaged .6 yards per carry on 29 rushes. They had 18 rushing yards in the second half. So that push, the offensive line play through the first three games has to be the biggest surprise. To me, that was the area where Gopher fans probably had the highest expectation. They saw the physicality at the end of last season and said, this is what's going to translate over. Well, that's kind of not been met, and the skill players have exceeded those expectations. It's been a different receiver every single game, taking over and making the plays when they need it most. South Dakota State, it was Bateman. Uh, Fresno State, it was Chris Ahmed Bell, and it's Tyler Johnson uh, against Georgia Southern. So now this bye week comes at a good time because you have to try to figure out how to get this offensive line playing cohesive again and fix some of the issues that have been going on because there have been moments where you've seen flashes, but there hasn't been that consistency. You know, I think for my money, that was one of Tyler Johnson's best games as a gopher. And it wasn't, you know, it's not going to be his his probably his best statistical game, but he kept them in that game with his amazing. I, I think of that, um, the, the catch on the sideline where that was one of my favorite catches, even though it, it I mean, it, it gets overshadowed by the 70 yard touchdown and, and the, the, the touchdown that ended up winning the game. But th- the ability to jump up and, and, get, and snag that ball. I, I can't remember if it was on a third down or not, but it was a big play in that game with the Gophers driving, and he was just making unbelievable catch after unbe- unbelievable catch. That touchdown catch, he was interfered with the entire time, and he somehow managed to to still uh, come away with the football. That was amazing. And then just breaking a, a simple slant pattern, which Tanner did put it on the on the money on the, with that throw, but he just busted it right up the middle of the seam and 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 in for a seventy yard touchdown. So I I think for my money that was. That was some of the best stuff we've seen from Tyler Johnson. Tyler showed that he can be a legitimate NFL prospect. We knew that for a long time, but that's the type of game that all these draft analysts are going to go back and look at. He did everything, contested catches, tough, 
grabs right by the sideline against the hashes. You've got the dynamic play in space after the slant, the route running, the hands, everything. It was the complete package. That's what you see, what we can take away from these first three gopher games is their big time players have stepped up in the biggest moments to make plays. Like I said, those three receivers, a different one each game, Winfield making the winning play. Tanner Morgan, okay, this guy just has this ability to make plays when your back's against the wall. Mm-hmm. It's third and 29 on your own six, and somehow they found a way to get a first down, keep that drive going. He's 7 for 10, 90 yards and a TD on that last drive. He'll take chances. Again, it's, it's the gambler mentality that one pass to Douglas that they reviewed, that could have easily been picked. There were some interceptable passes on that drive, but yeah. he's willing to take chances. He trusts his skill players. He, he knows he has some of the best receivers in the Big Ten in terms of collective group, and that's what Tanner Morgan is so good at, is rallying his team, getting them in those high-leverage situations, uh, pulling out miraculous throws sometimes it's just you're, you're going how does this guy do this it's nothing nothing glitzy nothing glamorous it's just gritty performances I would have loved to see the uh the winning percentage of the Gophers on that third and 27 play because it was it was a I, I can't remember what was the, the first down play but the second down was just a <laughs> Daniel Falele got walked and 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 Tanner Morgan didn't have a chance and got sacked and and you're looking at third and 27 and I would have loved to see the the ESPN winning percentage on on that play because I in in my head I was like this is it that I I don't I don't think they're picking up 30 yards in two plays but credit to Douglas because that was quite the play for him to get it to where it's a fourth and manageable situation you know it, it was it was more of just a dump off just looking to get maybe 10 yards and give yourself a shot but Douglas turned that into a 20 yard reception and that was that was incredible and then and then just Tanner's poise to to continue. The the drive some big throws Rashad Bateman was huge on that drive and he had been kind of quiet until that point so really good to see him him pick it up when he was really needed to and then of course the touchdown to TJ that it, it was a it was a hell of a drive and and I did not see that coming quite honestly no that that's the thing James that we we can really take away despite all the mistakes and things that have gone wrong and the odd plays this game, it's like how many times are you going to see a blocked field goal for TD, a strip sack return TD? Georgia Southern had five rushing yards in the second half. The defense did enough to win the game. That 4-2-5 look was fantastic. But again, winning plays at the end, those are the types of things that you can build off of. The offensive line, they showed it last year. Something's just not clicking correctly. And this bye week, if they can figure that out, and this team finds a way to play complete football, we don't know what we're going to see. But they somehow found a way to win those three games in situations where they had their back against the wall, and they looked, it looked bleak during some moments. And that says a lot about how they approach the game and the types of, type of players that they have. Yeah, and and one thing I want to mention, Daniel, is last week when when uh, you Ross and I were together, we talked about that if if 
if the pass blocking doesn't improve as we seen as we seen them struggle for, through the first two weeks, then that's going to be a concern going forward through the re- for the rest of the year. Is that something that you see that that realistically is is improvable, or or what are we really looking at in terms of when they start Big Ten play? Are we just going to have all sorts of issues just? just giving Tanner a little bit of time to actually get the ball to those playmakers, which, which is the reason the Gophers are 3-0 and in my mind. In terms of pass protection, I believe it can be fixed. A lot of the issues have been communication-related, blitzing, not picking up a blitz correctly. That's what happened on the strip sack. Bryce Williams didn't quite pick up yeah. the linebacker off the blitz. He whiffed. Uh, I did see that. He whiffed. And then you had the, the first game, it was the stunts that killed them. So those are types of things that during this bye week you're going to be working on, fixing and patching those areas. The big thing is I see moments where they get pushed in the running game. They finish blocks. They, they're explosive off the snap. They get, it, they get that done. And it was showing in the first quarter they averaged a, a really solid yards per carry. I'm trying to remember. It was, it was close to five yards per carry in, in the first half. Yeah, because yeah. Rodney, Rodney himself carry. averaged 5.2, and that was all in the first half. So you, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, so they averaged almost five yards per carry. Two of those drives, it was, it was just they ran the football. Nice blend of inside and outside zone. They were physical. I'm like, this is the best push this offensive line has gotten all season so far. And then that, that wall got hit when they were – it all kind of changed when P.J. Fleck went for it on their own 34 or 36 there mm-hmm. uh, it, it, early in the, in the second quarter there. That was kind of the, the moment where when they got stuffed twice and th- they just didn't get any push after that. It just, it was, that was like the turning point of the running game. That end, as well as they, they were down to one running back for, for the most part in the in the second half. That too, yeah. You had you had Rodney Smith who who went out in the first half. Have we heard anything about that? By the way, I, I haven't heard anything. He has an oblique strain. Okay. Like I said after the game, so oblique strain for him. Mo sat out the game. He tweaked something in practice. Uh, Cam Wiley got a concussion, so they were down to Bryce Williams for that second half a large part of it and uh, Kamal Martin is a foot sprain so there's all your injury updates Jeez, yeah I mean it was uh, they didn't get out of this unscathed but I mean to get out with a win is is certainly impressive now I I, I want to touch just very briefly on um uh, on on some of the play we saw in the in the Big Ten and we can get back to the Gophers after that you had a couple of interesting games where you had you had Michigan State go down to Arizona State they they scored a total of seven points so that was impressive Michigan State um, you also had Maryland, which a lot of people were were high on Maryland in in the first two games because they blew people out. Well, they lost to Tamp- to Temple in week three. So, what what really interests you in 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 terms of uh, in terms of the Big Ten? You had some good showings with Iowa. They 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 came away with a victory at Iowa State. That was a good win for the Hawkeyes. But overall, kind of a kind of a down week for the Big Ten this week. Well, Michigan State's offense has been unable to really get it going, dating back to last year. Mark Santana made so many switches to that offense, trying to figure out how are we going to get back to the Michigan State brand of offense that we're used to. They just simply haven't been able to do that. And you look at the way that they've played the first few games of the season, their offense hasn't really shown any sort of a glimmer and that's really this this season is big for Mark D'Antonio. Do they do they make a switch at the end of the season if it doesn't go well? Because these past couple of seasons have not been up to the standard that they're used to. 
Michigan State and 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 you said Maryland yesterday too. Temple's defense was fantastic. They 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 were getting after the quarterback. They were stopping the run. That's the big thing that's carried Maryland is they've had so many explosive plays and they were able to limit those. So I think going into some of these games, like like when the Gophers play Maryland, the game to study is going to be how Temple game plan that defense. I haven't had a chance to really go watch back in, in depth, but Arizona State, huge win for them. Mm-hmm. At Michigan State, Temple played really well. The Big Ten there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, look at Purdue, too. Purdue got yep. absolutely annihilated against TCU. Their defense looked horrible. With Marcus Bailey going down this, this last week, that's going to be a killer injury. They they were getting gashed. They couldn't stop the run. Tackling was really bad. Run fits were horrible. The, the, the Big Ten West race, if the Gophers can just kind of figure out what's going on here, and, and I think the scheme's been pretty basic, honestly. I felt like yesterday – they got very predictable in the second half, and it was like they installed extremely basic this week, thinking like, okay, this is how we're going to win the game. And then they had to make some last-second adjustments at the end to try to try to pull it out because the game didn't quite go as they thought it would. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously – Purdue is going to be the next opponent for the Gophers. Gophers have an off week next week, but then they, they, uh, they'll start Big Ten play at Purdue – uh, September 28th so that'll be interesting Purdue just one and two on the season so far so you can't you have to imagine they're going to get up for this game they, they, they realize that they if they're going to if they're going to go one and two in the non-conference they can't start 0 and one in the regular season so I wouldn't look too heavily as as Minnesota to to come out and 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 I mean we haven't seen them really control any game so far so I, I think it should be an entertaining matchup uh, after the bye week what say you these are two teams that have been similar in terms of their development they've had new coaches they've taken a little bit of a different approach with more of the junior college guys the transfers filling spots they've went with the route that they're going to try to try to play immediately where the gophers are kind of developing their team for the long haul and their defense that's where the gophers can really i could see this game kind of being actually a high scoring one because there's some explosive playmakers i love bryson hopkins the tight end He's been really dynamic and will get a lot of NFL looks. Rondell Moore, obviously one of the most explosive receivers in the Big Ten. Their receiving core, Bell and Moore and Anthrop. you got Sparks. got some really good receivers there. Uh, but their defense is where, with Marcus Bailey going down, that's the big thing. He's the heartbeat of that defense, one of the best players in the Big Ten. And to lose him for the season, that, that is going to be a killer injury. But both teams have buys. They have time to prepare. It's going to be a really good game. Tough road test but it's a good way to start Big Ten play for the Gophers. I, I completely agree. I think it should be a, a close game. I, I don't see, you know, even though the Gophers have, have uh, fared better um, so far this season, I, I just think, um, you know, those two teams match up well together, and we've seen that over the past few years. So I, I, I would I would agree with you. I think it should be a pretty a pretty close and entertaining game. And I, I, I just want to touch on this as well, Daniel. So a lot of, there's a lot of angst if you're on, if you're on Twitter during these Gopher games. There's a lot of um, a lot of fans aren't in love with their with what they're seeing. Um, I, I kind of want you to to just kind of talk them off the ledge. And and there are some there are a couple of of uh, of, of other Big Ten teams that wish they were in the Gopher spot. I, I can tell you, I I, I I know Nebraska wishes they didn't lose week two. Um, you have Illinois who just lost to Eastern Michigan last last week in in a in a very close game where they kicked a game winning field goal. There's uh, the Purdue obviously is one and two, and they they wish they were in the Gophers' shoes, but. 
just to kind of just to calm the waters here uh, among Gopher fans, what would you say about the out or, of of the the Gophers' status of this season being three and zero, but but wishing you you looked a little bit better against those teams? Well, we've said it a long time on this show. There's been three different challenges with each one of these games. First one, first game, FCS team that had quite a bit of talent. They're they're one of the top ranked teams in, in that uh, FCS. And then you've got second game road trip to fresno emotional win double overtime game just a crazy crazy finish you had to pull it out try to find a way to win at the end then the third game you got triple option and pro football focus actually was talking about georgia southern before the season or how much returning production they had they had quite a bit of it uh and the gophers obviously should have been able to uh, run away with that game and and but the, again there were plays where you see okay blocked field goal that gave him a td strip sack bad blitz pickup leads to a td it's these mistakes that you have to clean up and the the thing about some of these mistakes is i do think they're correctable i don't see things that are like okay they don't have the talent they have the talent they've found a way to win now it's about taking this bye week to kind of reassess, figure out what's not working, make some conceptual changes. The offense has been pretty basic. I thought the defense has done some, some positive things uh, yesterday. They, they, they did enough to win. They schemed really well. 4-2-5 defense was great. They've had to find a way to win, and I know that sounds cliche, but to me, I learn a lot from teams when they play in those situations, and there are so many moments in the past go in Gophers history where that moment happens where, where you're down, it's third and 29, that game's over. There's no way they're finding a way to win two of those games that they won. And that, that just says a lot about the, the current makeup of the team, their ability to win in those situations. That, that, that's something that you can build upon now. Can you correct those, those mistakes? That's the biggest key. What does this team look like when they play complete football? Because uh, I, I can't answer that question right now, you know? Yeah, no kidding. So um, one thing I did just want to bring up as well, Daniel, and I noticed this, and I, I specifically wanted to ask you this question because I, I figure if anyone's going to have an answer, it's going to be you. The, the last drive, the game-winning drive, now they had two minutes left on the clock, and um, they, I believe, had – did they have no timeouts? Yeah, no timeouts, right, because they had to take their final one um, in the, the two-point conversion attempt. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yep. Uh, okay. That management there, PJ said he maybe would have done that differently. Maybe would have, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the my question is about the, the 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 style of the offense. So obviously the Gophers run a offense where they 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 do the check with me's or the the checks. You 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 see it where they all look at the sideline to get the play. Now in a two minute drive where you don't have any timeouts, I noticed the very first and it didn't end up being an issue because they they did things like get out of bounds. They were beneficiaries of a couple of penalties, but the um. It only happened once where the check with me really cost him about 30 seconds. Is that something where if you're in that position again, do you, I mean, can you, is that something you can abandon or is that just how the offense is and you have to stick with the, with the checks where you're wasting possibly like 10, 15 seconds with it? Well, there's, yeah. I mean, you got to try to get the play in. You can preset some of those plays. So off the start of the script, they'll, they'll have some plays where they're like, this is, these are a few plays that we want to do. Tanner, you've got the freedom to kind of call that 
and then they'll have, you know, in the headset, they're going to be giving him a couple different options. Like when they ran the ball on the goal line there at the end, and then they, they had to get back set again, and then they threw the save to Johnson, they had two preset plays there. They knew exactly what they were going to do out of that. The plays are kind of preset in terms of that, but in the middle of the script, you're going to have to, to make some amendments based upon the different types of defenses that you're seeing different looks because they were substituting a lot, and you could see that because they, they got a lot of illegal substitution penalties. They were trying yeah. to throw different wrinkles, trying to run guys in and off the field. Two of them from dead ball situation. I could not believe that. One of them was coming out of the third quarter, I believe, and then the other one was out of a timeout or out of a – it was – I could not believe the the amount of, of – not not just the illegal substitution because that – I mean, that's going to happen, but out of a dead ball and, and the co- the coaching staff for George Southern was just irate at their at their players for making those, those mistakes. Yeah, and that's the it, – it's the the discipline of that team was just crazy. I could not believe how they made some of those mistakes down the stretch. Both those teams had errors throughout, and it was the team that was able to make the winning play at the end that was able to come out on top, and that's that's what you see from this Gophers team is despite all of those mistakes, and there were quite a few of them littered throughout these games, they found a way to win, and that – that whatever we don't know what that means for the future we don't know if this is something that is going to be a red flag that they had this type these types of performances but it's not like i feel like these non-conference games these opponents are absolutely terrible georgia southern's a game i thought they should have run away with but if you eliminate the 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 block field goal and the strip sack and those those mistakes it's probably the case so cleaning that up has to be the focus some great stuff from Daniel House. He's at Daniel House on tw- uh, at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. And with that being said, I, this is how I want to end this episode of the Score North Gophers Show. I want to talk Packers Vikings because that's that's uh, the the big the big game that's going on today. We're, we're just for your information, we're recording about ten o'clock, and and the side game kicks off in about an hour and a half. Or about ten thirty now kicks off in about an hour and a half. Daniel, can I get your quick thoughts on uh, Minnesota going to Green Bay Week Two to take on the Packers? What are we looking for in that game and ultimately what do you expect will happen with the result of that well this green bay don't know exactly how to measure the improvement that they made because chicago's offensive game plan is ridiculous 52 dropbacks 12 runs with the backs this is a game where the vikings have to run the football they're going to do that they've shown that they are going to commit to running the football green bay in the preseason i felt like after they let go of Mike Daniels, the running game was where you could exploit them. You can run the football in Green Bay. So early on, I expect them to come out and run the football effectively, then hit with the play action, get the ball out quick, because the Green Bay pass rush is where they've really improved. The Darius Smith is extremely versatile. You can move him all over. He can play linebacker. He can come off the edge. He can play inside. That's the biggest challenge. The Vikings have to win up front. Green Bay gave up five sacks last week. The Vikings defensive line can control the line of scrimmage. The team that wins up front is going to leave with a victory. And the Vikings offensive line, you want to see them improve. The interior had some moments where they, where they weren't very good, specifically when they were in pass protection. They didn't pass the ball much. So are they able to get it done in the trenches on both sides of the ball? That's the key. If that happens, the Vikings, I think, can, can win this game pretty handily. However, if the, the landscape shifts and they don't protect and 
they don't win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, then it's going to be a very close game. You know, I'm really interested to see how Aaron Rodgers looks because he's coming off. Obviously, he had an mm-hmm. injury-riddled um, campaign in 2018, but he didn't look that good again. And again, it's the Bears defense, and I completely understand. And 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 you know, they're going to make any quarterback look not at their at that at, at the top of their game. But I I think this is a big game for Aaron Rodgers because he's at home. Packers are one and zero. It's it's to you know potentially take the sole lead and in first place uh, in in the division and I I just think this is going to be a big game to see what Aaron Rodgers can we be expecting this year and going forward the Packers just inked him to a massive contract extension through his age 40 season and if if they're going to get the kind of play that they got last year and I mean it's been early but if, if he if he's gonna if he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers that's going to be a huge hindrance for them so I'm I'm very intrigued to see how how juicy A-Raj looks this this week against the Vikings. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty there. To me, it looked like two teams that didn't play very much pre, didn't play any preseason <laughs> football really, and that's what you get in the first game. That was such oh the quality of football in that first game between the Bears and Packers. That's why it's so hard to assess where either of those teams are at. And today will give us a little bit better of a measure when it comes to that. The Packers defense, I think, has certainly improved. But how much have they improved? That's the big question. Is Rodgers still able to carry this team? Does he have the elite skills that he had before? That's a big question. I, I just don't see that same, like, zip on the ball, that that burst from escaping and extending plays. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like it, it's quite as much there anymore. And that's why the New England Patriots are, are dominant, James, because they became more of a running identity team. But their quarterback, they, they played to his strengths as he's gotten older, and that's where I think Green Bay is going to have to shift. And that's where you're going to get that, that collision between Lafleur and Rodgers because he's always going to want to play like he did when he was younger. But mm-hmm. they're eventually going to have to modify. Absolutely. I completely agree. I, I think it's something to where – that's going to have to be on Rodgers to make that change because, we, I mean, we've seen it with quarterbacks who get older. It's just something you, you – you can't be – he can't be taking the kind of hits that he's been taking, and, and that, that's on him to, to realize he has to, he has to change the way he plays, and, 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 and that's how Green Bay is going to win. It's not with him, you know, throwing for 400 yards like he used to. It's, it's going to be with a balanced rushing attack because they have a damn good running back. I think Aaron Jones, if he can stay healthy, can be – a solid running back in this league so they they need to take advantage of that and also just it keep keep they're not going to do anything with Rodgers hurt so they need to keep him on the field that has to be uh plan number one for the for the Green Bay Packers and I think this this matchup is going to be a pretty good one I'm I'm very excited I'm going to be in in enemy territory watching it I love I love being with all my my friends who are Packer fans it's it's a it's a fun experience being uh being in away territory like that but yeah so I, I I appreciate you coming on Daniel um good win for the Gophers we're gonna just a little bit of housekeeping we're gonna be off next week with the Gophers they're off too um I, I believe we'll next uh we'll next uh me and Daniel will next be with you it'll be at the end of uh or after sometime after the the Purdue game so um I appreciate it Daniel um where can uh, where can we find your stuff that you uh that, that you had written about this game you can find on stonewood.com just did a notebook last night on the game so you can go out check out some of my thoughts on that wild one absolutely well hey we appreciate it sir enjoy the enjoy packers vikings okay
Hey, you too. It's going to be a great game. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for all listening to the Score North Gophers show. At Daniel House NFL on Twitter, I am at Murph underscore MN. You can find all our musings there. Thank you again. Gophers win. They they beat Georgia Southern 35-32, and we'll be with you in about a week after the bye. Appreciate it. Thank you.